welcome back to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Uh, we're here to unwrap around 16 of the AFL season um, and what it means for your Supercoach side. Um, heading into the, the run home for the season, um, I'm Will and I'm once again joined by Matt and Jasper today. And boys, how did we score in round 16? Uh, yeah, not well. Uh, I, I, Shea Bolton is just absolutely killing me. I, I don't know why I have him in my team right now. It's, it's, it's sad. Uh, definitely not a primo option, um, unfortunately, because you know the Tigers suck right now, which which is the good news. But the bad news is I have so many of their players for some reason. Uh, so it hasn't gone too well for me the latter stages of the year. How do you go, Foz? I don't want to talk about it. It was, a, it was a shock. It was a shocking week that started with just after the podcast last week finishing. I discovered that I could bring in Marcus Bontempelli if I wanted to. Um, using Jarman Impey and as a laugh I traded him in sat him at M1 and thought geez that looks good um, <laughs> at 700k and I just didn't look at my team again until Thursday evening when uh, I came off footy training came off the field at 735 and was like <laughs> okay let's reverse that tray let's bring in Sam Walsh like I decided I was going to do <laughs> six weeks ago and never did and um Went to click reverse. The reverse button wasn't uh, showing up because it was a 7.30 game instead of a 7.50 game on a Thursday night, which is the first time I've ever looked at a fixture and got the timing wrong. So Who did that? I was, stuck with, I was stuck with Bond at M1. And whilst it looks so good having him there, <laughs> I also knew that he'd scored like an, a mid-80 score against North Melbourne the last time they played because... They had a massively hard tag on him and double-teamed him in every contest, despite losing by 120 points. Um, so I was a bit worried, but I also said, you know, if I didn't trade him in, he'd score 200. And then I just made him as my captain because Zorko stuffed up as well. He scored, he didn't score over 100. So um, Copter Bonts doubled 160 um, or 163 thanks to 100. What was it? 166 because of the, I can't remember. I just, I've tried to delete Weekend. And then I also stuffed up my rookie loophole and copped Callum Coleman-Jones on the field instead of um, Dev Robertson. So that was another six, 60 points um, that went missing. So not a very productive week for me, but the good thing with Supercoach is that there's always next week. Yeah, and, and I, I, you failed to point out the fact that we actually played each other this week in our league. Did we? That, I wasn't paying that attention. go, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is that you now owe me a slab of guava. <laughs> oh, so, oh. good thing to move into. Oh, God. All so, right. if, you, if you've been listening to the show throughout the year, you'll remember at the end of round 12, um, Jasper put down this bet on the show. I think Ned Reeves is a great option because, you know, his break-even is really low right now. All right, how about this, Maddie? By the end of round 16, so, so that, that cash price change, if he hasn't made 150k plus, I'll, I'll buy you a slab of guava cruises. But if he has, you owe me a slab. How's that uh, what sound? round? Sorry, what round to made 150k? Uh, the price changes after round 16. Alrighty. Oh, yeah, don't, no, don't do go all analytical on me here. I'll do that. So, all right, Let, a bit of context. This bet was placed when Ned Reeves was on the bubble, and he was was he coming off his buy or coming into his buy? And I said, coming off oh, the buy, coming off the buy. There's no chance he could get injured in the captain's run the day before the game, could he? 
He proceeded to get injured in the captain's run the day before the game. He hasn't come back into the side since because John Segler is playing out of his skin and is apparently a good player now. And it makes me violently ill to think that John Segler has cost me a, a slab of cruises and I actually have to give it to Matt, who I just beat on the weekend. Um, so it hasn't, it hasn't been a good 24 hours for me knowing that um, after round 16, because that's when the bet was meant to end. And if, if Reeves played this weekend, he might have got, he might have got there. I don't know. He needed probably like 120, but he might have got there. Um, but it wasn't meant to be, and and I'll be delivering a, a slab of, of guava cruises up up to Mackay um, because that's where you live for some reason, Matthew. So congratulations, mate. I hope you enjoy it. I will enjoy every last <laughs> sip. I can't wait. Well, that one uh, done and dusted. We'll move on and have a look at um, another forward rookie um, who's forward ruck rookie actually is. Gained a bit of cash since coming into the side a few weeks ago. Um, but he's he's copped an injury on the weekend, and we mentioned him before, Callum Coleman-Jones. Um, what are your thoughts on on him now, boys, and um, time to move him on? Yeah, it's it's time to move him on. And I did the same as Matt. I had him on my ground. Uh, just, I don't know. I don't even know why. I could have, I could have looped him as well. It's just bad planning on my part. Um, but... He, he's gonna he's gonna be gone for me this week, and I'm and I'm a bit strapped for cash with him out, and and probably Harrison Jones as well. So I'm looking looking at some um, some interesting options, some left field options this week. Uh, the good news about the weekend was I did save two trades by holding Lockie Neal and not uh, not moving anyone down. Uh, that was a decision I made probably on Friday afternoon because I just couldn't be bothered working out how I would make my side better. Um, and I knew that I wouldn't make my side better anyway. So that's, that's what I did. So that's the good news. I have seven trades to use for the rest of the season. So um, yeah, Callum Coleman Jones out for me. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm holding him this week. Um, I don't want to hold him this week, but I am being forced into it just because of his dip in price has meant that I can't bring in the man that I've wanted to bring in since round one, which is Sam Walsh. I reckon I've talked about him a hundred times this podcast um, over the course of the year, but this is a week I've decided that I am bringing him in. <laughs> um, but because of Callum, Callum Coleman's Jones's price drop, I can't actually trade him out. So it's going to be Tom Highmore and uh, Dev Robertson in for, for him and, um, and a rookie. But um, that means that I, yeah, I'm going to be stuck with Calm Coleman Jones as my F7, which is not the worst thing. Um, it leaves my side as a full premium team at the moment, and but that does include Paddy Cripps, so I'll probably try and upgrade him later. But I'm just running out of trades, and I can't afford to luxury trade out Coleman Jones to to you know get Cripper up to a, an Uber premium just yet. Maybe with a couple of rounds left in the season, I'll take that risk. But um, He's, yeah, he's, he's sticking fat with the uh, with the make my will days for now. So, how many trades do you have left? After this week, I'll have two, um, but that leaves my side completely finished, and yeah, just praying that everyone gets through uh, in one piece. Yeah, don't you just find it so funny, Will? That he's he's got this six hundred k rule, Maddie, our friend Matt, and and he's decided to bring in seven hundred k midfielder. How funny is that? It's a 600k rule, not a 700k rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I get. I guess it's Matt's rule, so he can he can tweak the rules however he likes. But um, rules are made to be broken. So the cash to bring in an eighty-three that, points. That it was. <laughs> it was not something that I really thought I was going to do. I got I got a bit sidetracked and thought to myself, "Geez, Bont will put up four hundred points against North um, with the form that he's in." And of course, the week I bring him in, he stinks. Not stinks it up, but he scored less than half of what I expected him to score. So <laughs> that was awesome. But he didn't stink it up. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> yes, he did stink it up. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We'll, <laughs> we'll move on um, and we'll stay in the forward line um, because that's been, as we know through this season, probably the most hard hit position um, injury-wise. And I know myself of my only forward premiums are um, Jack Siebel and Dane Zorko, but we won't talk about my team. <laughs> scored 5,000 somehow on the weekend. Um, but... Um, I'll throw to you, Matt. Who's your top sort of forward trade target? Um, to maybe we'll we'll, we'll say under under five hundred k. Um, knowing there's probably a few super coaches strapped for cash out there. Who's who's your top forward trade target? Um, for the rest of the season. Jeez, you you're just ruling out Paddy Dangerfield there with that uh, the price ruling. But um, sub five hundred k, I'd probably look at Bailey Dale. Um, he's at four hundred sixty six k. So a lot more expensive than he started the season on, but also very cheap for someone who's averaging 95. Um, and he's coming off that 111 as, uh, from last weekend. And the Bulldogs have got a pretty good run home. Um, he's playing a really super coach friendly role, taking a lot of the kickouts that Caleb Daniel used to take. And he's probably the pick. Um, you could compare him to someone like a Nick Hind um, playing a similar sort of role, but um I'd probably go Bailey Dale just because I think the Bulldogs are going to win more games on the run home, which means that there's going to be more points for the winning side and he'll probably get a fair chunk of those. Um, but if you really like a, a bit of a pod pick, Zach Bailey is 499-800, so he fits just into that rule that you've set me. Um, averaging 88 on the year, but 112 over his last three and 102 over his last five. And coming off that 124 on the weekend, he's, he's just been fantastic in the second half of the season. I looked at him a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned it on the pod before going with um, Langford from Essendon instead um, that I had my eye on him. And ever since round 11, he's, he's you know been scoring really well and um, it beats his first half of the year or first two thirds of the season um, where he only cracked a ton once. But he's, he's moving into a bit more of a midfield prominent role and uh, it's really exciting for for prospective owners and I'm really keen to own him as a, a mid forward next year as well. Look, someone is going to have to convince me to not bring in Jake Stringer this week. 472k, uh, he's coming off that 110 on Friday night against one of the hardest teams to score against in the comp and he plays at Marvel Stadium for the next five rounds of the season where he's only played the one game. That was coming straight back off injury in round three against the Saints. He scored 124. Um, he's, he's gone huge over his last three, 125 average. Uh, he, he can't, there's nothing he can't do on a footy field right now. Um, had that 180 against Hawks, just showing his ceiling there. Uh, and then goes Adelaide and North Melbourne in the next two. Someone's going to have to convince me not to bring him in because I know when I do bring him in, he'll score 60. Um, but I, I can't sit around and, and look at him and say that is of value right now. I, um, Will, do I you want to take can, this one? I was going to say, I don't think I can have a hand in this discussion because I actually brought him in earlier in the season, um, as we've spoken about. But he does have the capacity to 
hurt you, I think, just as much as he does to score big, in my experience anyway. Having said that, that was an injury-affected score. I think the week I, I had to trade him out, I, I think I had it for like only two or three weeks before I had to trade him out again. But um, I'd say bring in Stringer at your peril, but the upside there is is huge. Another guy maybe as well coming off um, injury is Zach Butters, and he returned in the Sandful mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, I think he's 503K. He only played... I think it was it just the two games at the start of the season? Um, so he, he probably set to, to plummet in price a little bit. But um, what are your thoughts on, on Zach Butters, Jasper? I like him. 163 against my boys in round two. He That was one of the best individual games of the season. Uh, he kicks goals. I just don't think he's going to get the midfield time. Uh, coming back off that injury, he's probably going to have fairly low time on ground. Like we saw with Connor Rosie when he came back a few weeks ago. Uh, played very much a forward pocket kind of a role. Didn't get his, his CBAs or any midfield time up on the wing or anything. So I think Zach Butters, unfortunately, is probably going to be a steer clear for me. I do like him and and I wish I started with him after after the first couple of rounds of the season. Um, obviously, now I'm glad I didn't because he only played the first four weeks before that injury. Uh, but I think he's, he's been inquiring, ready to go. Port's going to make a charge towards the top four. Um, there are definitely worse options, but I think... You at least need to give it a week to see what his role is like um, before going. Well, speaking about his role, I, I don't think that he's a smart bring-in just because he's missed so many rounds of football and and the injury that he copped was pretty serious. There was talks of potential nerve damage at one stage and um, I don't know how that talk has progressed. But at 500k, he's probably a bit too expensive to bring in and hope that he averages 103, which is what he averaged before the injury. Um, but he, was never, he wasn't getting midfield minutes in the first four weeks, he was playing a half forward and, and just playing it really well. Obviously, with a 163 against Essendon, um, what you failed to sort of touch on is that 96 that he scored, he had that at halftime against Richmond, and then he copped the injury in the third early in the third quarter. So he was on track for another mammoth score. Yeah, you're um, obviously a 50, uh, obviously a 55 against West Coast was was not great, um, but he he had a a strange knack to, to put up massive scores um, against, you know, half decent sides in a position that is not that conducive to, to super coach scoring. So um, I wouldn't be bringing him in probably for the rest of the year, to be honest. I think most people's forward lines are going to be pretty filled apart from yours, Kako. Um, <laughs> but, but 500 K is probably a bit too much to spend on him and, and hope the average is that, um, I'm definitely looking at him next year, though. I loved starting him in the first four rounds. I was very excited to own him and then devastated to have to trade him out. And just a quick one. Um, commiserations to any steel side bottom owners. Uh, you may look at his 33 on the weekend and think that he uh, you know, got injured in the first quarter or something. But no, he played the entire game. He's not getting any CBAs. Looks like a terrible option right now. Uh, so, yeah, commiserations to all you who thought you had a premium on your hands, but you don't. Well, might be time to move in um, and just have a chat about what trades we're looking at this week. Um, I'll throw to you first, Matt. Um, you did mention before, but um, who are you looking at bringing in? Sam Walsh in, finally, after choosing Crips over him in the preseason. Don't know why I did that. I hate myself for it. Um, and then I'll also bring in a bargain-based rookie, um, probably someone like a Sam Durnham um, for SM because he has dual position um, flexibility, which is nice for loopholing. Um, I don't expect him to play really, but with my side now full premium, it, it, it'd be more for for looping 
down the track. You know, if Trent Bianco for some reason scores, you know, 130 before Caleb Daniel plays or even a 60 before Caleb Daniel plays, I'd probably look at maybe <laughs> getting in him um, knowing how <laughs> Caleb Daniel's been this year. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at doing. I, I think it's been pretty set in my side since lockout lifted last night. Um, what about you, Jess? What are you looking at? I, I've been so tempted by these two West Coast midfielders. Uh, we've got Elliot Yo, who's you know come back from his lost yards pubis. Uh, he's been very quiet to start the season, um, to, to start his season. But he's got on a roll. Um, I, I really like uh, his outlook for the for next week. Obviously, he plays at North Melbourne on that Monday night for some reason. Uh, but he's got that 107 against Sydney on the weekend in a, in a side that got absolutely smashed out of the centre bounces and everything. So I think he can go big uh, when he's given the opportunity, um, gets more time on ground. He only won at 79% on the weekend. He should get that up to, he used to go at about 85 to 88% time on ground. Uh, hopefully they put a bit more trust in him knowing that their season's all line and he plays a bit more. The other one is his teammate, Tim Kelly. Obviously he's coming off to like 30 point scores. What, God, what, did he, what did he have? He had 26 and 46. Um, obviously that Essendon game, he got injured on 26. Um, then the dogs last week, he was just horrendous as was the whole team. Against Sydney, he had an 80, but he's shown a ceiling of 131, uh, of 127 against the Crows. Uh, so so we know he can score. We know, we know what he was like at Geelong. Does he care about football at the West Coast? It's an interesting question, not one for the Supercoach podcast to answer. Um, but if he does, he'll go big against North and then Adelaide and St Kilda and then Collingwood, which are all great matchups for him. So uh, I think he's primed to go big. Uh, like I said, Jake String is another option. And then there are a few defenders as well. Uh, Jaden Short's a great option. I have him right now, but I you know, obviously he's coming off that 60, but I really like his outlook with no Bashahooli in the side for the rest of the season. Um, Jack Bowes is an option. He was going big to start the season got injured, has been a bit quiet, but I think he could go all right the rest of the season. And then Christian Salem's also quite cheap, sub 500k. Uh, he's going to be good for the rest of the season with that Melbourne outfit. Um, so I think they're all good options as well. Right now, I'm tossing up between Jake Stringer and Tim Kelly, which is just weird to say um, after after 16 rounds of the season, but that's the position that I'm in trying to get out, Callum Coleman-Jones. I think for myself, um got as matt said i've got still four forward spots to fill which uh, i think i said it before as well don't ask me about my team um structure but um i'll be looking to probably move on Callum coleman jones this week um and probably downgrade tom heimel on my um defending bench as well so um i'll be looking at someone probably in the the bracket of sort of sub 450k i think um and got a got my eyes on a couple of guys to to upgrade to um in the forward line and they're jordan degoe and rowan marshall um i think both of those guys probably a bit of risk coming with them but um i think they've both got enough upside to suggest they're decent targets as well and now it's time to move into our favorite segment captain my captain captain my captain and it's oh captain my captain um and we've got the fresh fixture for round 17 it was announced um this afternoon it's monday as we're recording and um i think we've known this for a couple of days but it's going to kick off with port adelaide and melbourne um at adelaide oval on thursday night and then um 
fresh news is Essendon versus Adelaide at Marvel on Friday. So a couple of couple of games there with a few vice captaincy options. Yeah, lock and load Darcy Parish. If you have him, he's going to go another 190. Uh, trust he will. Uh, he's an absolute god amongst men. Um, so he'll be good on Friday night. Uh, for me, I'm probably going to look to Saturday, I think, for my VC. Um, with the with the Carlton-Geelong game at the MCG, uh, Dangerfield could go huge. Um, another one, Brisbane uh, on Saturday night against St Kilda. I think Jared Lyons is a really good option. Um, but then finishing off the weekend on Sunday, uh, it's it's hard to go past um, a guy like a McRae or a, or a Bontempelli. Marble Stadium versus Sydney. I think I think they'll both be really good. Then on Monday night as well, Jack Zebel could go big. Obviously, he had that huge score against Freo earlier in the season at Optus Stadium, so I think he could be a really good option. I like the look of Zebel actually, against the Eagles, and we know how well they played against Sydney on Sunday. Um, so if that's anything to go by, they'll be looking to bounce back hard, and I think, um, I think Zebel's a chance to get plenty of ball in his hand, as he did against the... Um, the dogs as well, so could be it could be a good captaincy option there as well. What about you, Matt? Who are you looking at? Uh, there's a few players that I'll toss up between. Um, obviously, you can't go past, even though I should have gone past Bond and Pelly and McRae last weekend. Um, Bont is is playing. They're playing Sydney. Bont's last two against Sydney have been 166 and 158, which are both you know pretty good captaincy scores. And despite the lip last week. He uh, has been in red-hot form. Um, for McRae, his last two scores have been 92 and 132, but he's also in some pretty red-hot form, um, and I would feel pretty comfortable putting the captaincy on him. Um, you mentioned Darcy Parrish, and I think he's a good option, but his teammate, Zach Merritt, has decent history against Adelaide. His last two are 135 and 120, and before that he copped a concussion, I think, from memory in 2018. Um which resulted in a score of 17, but that happened early in the first quarter, so can't trust that too much. Um, Brody Grundy's playing Richmond and, and has a pretty good history against um, a Ruckless Tigers lineup, which is pretty good. Um, has a couple of 115s and 130s in there in his last three, so there, there are a couple of good options. And um, Dane Zorko is another one who it's you know pretty attractive. He's playing St Kilda, and whilst he's... Um, Previous form against that side hasn't been fantastic. He's in he's in pretty good pretty good nick at the moment. So I'd be pretty comfortable putting the captaincy on him as well. That's about all we've got time for today. But thank you for listening to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast this week. Um, we are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. Um, you can find us at theinnersanctum.com.au um, and stay in tune with the Inner Sanctum during the week for Supercoach content. And you can also keep up to date with that on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at SC Sanctum as well. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, boys, for joining me, and we'll catch you next week.